0: This is Master Dutch Hinkle. How you doing guys?
1: Pretty good. Well, how sir, you?
2: how are you?
0: Fantastic. We were just talking about you. I <laughs> caught the tail end, I think.
2: It was all good, we promised.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> no, I was just saying that uh uh it brought a smile to my face when David uh uh gave me all the information um for tonight's show. Um because it's it's a topic that, you know, the stuff we're gonna get into, uh especially the main premise, uh is something that's debated everywhere, and it depends on what side of the fence you're on, uh, how strongly you feel about fighting or not fighting, or you know all these different things. So um, that's just kind of what I was saying. I was I was very very much looking forward to talking to you tonight.
0: Well, thank you. I do appreciate that. And yes, this topic can be quite controversial. hmm
2: So let's just let's just start right out with it. Uh, you claim that fighting doesn't work, and you can prove it. Yes. Fighting doesn't
0: work, fighting doesn't work, and fighting doesn't work. And the main reason why, it just gets you in trouble in today's modern-day society. Unless your life is in jeopardy, doing any kind of physical fighting is just going to get you in trouble in today's society. And here I am, a guy with nine black belts, uh, 40 years experience, mm-hmm. and yet I'm here to tell you, Fighting doesn't work. It just gets you into trouble. Uh,
2: well, is, is that true, Master Dutch? Is that true for someone as yourself that is considered a professional?
0: Uh, it's even true, worse.
2: It's, true it's even costable, worse. It's true I'll tell you why. Even to people that are like laymen, like me, like I don't know how to fight. It's the same.
0: Well, let's let's take the three examples that I use when I talk to groups. Oh, okay. And that is why fighting doesn't work. Okay. Let's take the first environment, the academic environment. Now, just about everybody in your listening off uh, audience has went to school, either preschool, kindergarten, elementary school, junior high, high school, university, college, even uh, trade schools. Mm-hmm. You always come across somebody that wants to be a bully and bullies other people. And, you know, you can only take bullies so long. So you wait until you just can't take it anymore, and so you physically fight back. What happens? You both get into trouble. Sure. You, who's going to receive disciplinary actions? You both are. Who's going to get suspended and possibly expelled? You both are.
2: Yeah. So in a
0: school setting, fighting doesn't work. It just gets you into trouble. Second scenario is the workplace. This is uh, an area that I'm very familiar with because I was a corporate manager. I worked for a Fortune 500 company called um, Brinks Armored, the armored truck people. Mm-hmm. I had over 150 people that worked for me at one time, and uh, they all were armed. They all packed heat. Do you think we had a zero uh, tolerance policy for fighting on the job?
1: <laughs> <Yomping>. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of
0: course. So even in a work uh, environment, you're going to have bullies. You're going to have people that belittle other people and, and personalities flare up. Well, <laughs> what happens? Who gets into trouble if you fight back physically on the job? Both of you are going to get uh, get into trouble, and chances are who's going to get fired? If you have a zero-tolerance policy, both are going to get fired. Yep. So... Here's the second environment. On the workplace or at the workplace, mm-hmm. fighting doesn't work. It only gets you into trouble. Mm. Well, the third scenario is in public. People will say, oh, Dutch, here's what I do. If uh, I'm in school and uh, I'm going to fight back, I'll just wait until the end of the day and go to a park or something and beat this person up. Or at the end of the day from work, I'll uh, challenge, challenge this guy to a fight in the park. Well, that's all well and good, but here's the problem. Let's say you do do that, and you have enough knowledge from boxing or some karate lessons or something like that, and you can get the better hand against this bully and start beating him up. I have a question for you. When do you think the cops are going to show up? <laughs> While you're beating them up. Yeah, finally, and because man. the police officer is witnessing a crime. A personal attack on someone else. Guess who gets arrested? Minimal will be you. Yep. Okay. So, again, third scenario, fighting doesn't work. It just gets you into trouble. And this yeah. is from uh, a guy with nine black belts telling you.
2: <laughs> so so what works instead of fighting? I mean, if, if we can't fight, then, then what happens?
0: That's what? the ultimate question, because I'm not asking you to turn the other cheek and do nothing and take it. Mm-hmm. The answer to the question is dynamic self-defense.
2: Hmm.
0: What the heck is dynamic self-defense, you're probably saying.
2: Indeed. I was going to. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, I'm trying to help you guys
0: out a little bit, okay? yeah no, I hear you. No, I hear
1: you, yeah. I, that's, a new, that's a new term for me.
0: Well, dynamic self-defense is a way of defending yourself without having to be aggressively violent in defending yourself. You see, by law, you're only allowed to stop the attack, to stop the attacker. If you do more than that, you're crossing what I call the line in the sand. Legally, if you cross that line... And you start to punish your attacker in any way, the roles between you and your attacker have now changed, and you are now the attacker. Mm -hmm. And you put your liberty and freedom in jeopardy. You can be arrested. You can be sued in this country for punching your uh, attacker out, which is crazy, but it's the way the laws are written. But you have the advantage using dynamic self-defense, and basically what is that is if, if you wanted to learn brain surgery, you would go to a medical school that teaches how to do brain surgery, would you not? Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: If you want to learn self-defense, you should go and take self-defense classes that are specifically designed. For self-defense and not just a martial art well we'll pull this technique and we'll pull that technique out and we'll make a self-defense course and that's what they do and please I'm gonna be stepping on some toes today (laughs) that's what they do when they build self-defense courses based on karate and taekwondo Mm
2: -hmm.
0: now I can say this because I'm guilty of that decades ago I used to teach self-defense based on karate I have several black belts in karate. I have studied and taught karate since the late 60s. I teach classes, several classes every week in karate. I love karate. I practice almost every day. But that isn't an ancient art of self-defense. It's a great martial art, but it is not an ancient art of self-defense. One of the ancient arts of self-defense, jiu-jitsu especially the soft-style portion of jiu-jitsu, where you defend yourself by using, instead of a fist, open hands. Mm -hmm. You use the balance of your opponent against themselves, Mm -hmm. the movement of the opponent against himself. You use pressure points. You use oriental principles. Well, I've got about a dozen I can list for you that you can use that is used against an opponent that is aggressively and violently attacking me. And that's what I call, I lump it together under one phrase, and that's dynamic self-defense. Now, there are some advantages to that dynamic self-defense over and above what I just listed, and that is it's designed for the smaller less powerful person. It requires no muscle or strength. In fact, in jiu-jitsu, dynamic self-defense, we have a saying, if you're using muscle, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you use muscle, by the very act of using muscle, that can be used against you because you're tightening up. It requires less effort and less energy than many of the other martial arts. It can be applied by the young the old, the small, and the out of shape. And I'll give you one quick example. I spent about 11 years in Denver, Colorado. And uh, I was asked to go down to Colorado Springs, which is about, oh, 60, 70 miles south of Denver. And I was asked by a facility that had people in wheelchairs, mainly with MS. And I was asked to teach them some movements, some self-defense movements. And I said, I'd be delighted. And all my martial arts friends said, what you're going to do is impossible. You can't teach people in wheelchairs with MS how to do self-defense. They said, come down with me and watch. (laughs) Well, guess what? I spent two hours with them. They had to lock the doors. You know why? Because they wanted to roll their wheelchairs out and go find a tough guy to practice on. Can you believe that?
2: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Uh,
2: Dutch, we, we have a question from the chat room. We need to go ahead and get it out of the way before we get to it.
0: Not a problem.
2: Um, uh, Trips asks, what about war, or how does that relate to people that have no choice but to fight?
0: Remember, I said I had a condition unless your life is in jeopardy. In war, your life is in jeopardy. If my life is in jeopardy, I'll pull out everything I know, all nine black belts, all 45 years' experience, to the forefront, immediately, without reservation. In time of war, that is what's happening. That's the condition. Your life is on the line, and you must do everything you can muster to stay alive. Does that help? yeah, I uh, I
1: I see exactly where you're coming from, and and as I said earlier, it brought a smile to my face to bring you on here because <laughs> uh, because I really I really understand where you're coming from because I've been there, you know. I yes sir. The last 10 years I've been a security professional, and uh, you know they don't teach us how to punch people in the face or break arms. They teach us how to subdue them and put them down and handcuff them, and that's. That's all you That's need to about do it. Then. That's right. And you know, uh it certainly does translate to the real world because people get arrested typically in in this town, everybody gets arrested.
0: So I it, understand. They, it's getting you know, worse. And they,
1: right. And they sort it out at jail. They just take you all to jail and sort it out there whether you're innocent or not. Yeah. Um uh to to the war thing, you know, I when I was in the military years ago, they didn't train us to subdue. they trained us to kill so that question i there was a great question out of the chat room uh, you're talking about uh, two completely different scenarios here you know yeah. in war you know in war you're faced with life or death they're going to kill you or you kill them. but uh, you know for us every day what you're, what you're talking about uh, is, is spot on as far as I 'm concerned, because you will get in trouble everywhere you go
0: just about and I confirm what you just said. I spent 12 years in the Air Force myself. And guess what? I learned very little martial arts.
2: I learned how to kill
0: with weapons, Mm -hmm. but I learned very little martial art. I spent over uh, five, seven years carrying a weapon as a security guard. And guess what? They didn't teach us martial arts to save our lives. They taught us enough martial arts to be able to handcuff suspects and take them to jail. And that's about it. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, it is something that, that that you know. I mean, it's not something you you expect to hear from a martial artist, especially. No. <laughs> you know, uh, somebody's been doing it for so long. Uh, you know, um, you know, you always what? hear the cliche: "It's better to walk away" and all this other stuff. It is.
0: Um,
1: you don't hear you don't hear uh, uh, a lot of martial arts saying that, especially the younger ones, the ones that they haven't had quite as much experience.
0: Well, see, that's a commonly held myth that the public has that's been propagated by people that haven't been in martial arts a long time. And I was in that, in, in that uh, category for a long time myself, I'll be first to admit. Um, this is what I really want you and all your listeners to understand. Every good master... Master, and I consider a master of fifth degree and above. Every fifth degree and above master of any martial art will tell you the highest goal in self-defense is to walk away, or if you cannot walk away, use the minimum amount of force and energy to stop the attack. In fact, you want to appear as if, While you're defending yourself, it doesn't even look like you're defending yourself. Mm -hmm. Most younger black belts and non-black belts have yet to learn this because they've learned the physical side of martial arts instead of the spiritual and mental side of martial arts. uh, Masters that I talk to, they call this the Americanization of martial arts that has occurred to where they've taken a martial art and turned it into a martial sport right you see the difference
1: mm-hmm. sure oh yeah
0: to where they concentrate on the physical that's the reason why you have so many schools that are building tournament fighters well right. you're talking to an ex state judo champion of the 70s i've i've been there done that wore the t-shirt out and burned it mm-hmm. That's not where the martial arts really should be. Okay. Tournament fighting is but a fruit of the apple tree. It's not the entire tree, mm-hmm. it's only a part of the tree.
2: Wasn't the it? The tournament. Wasn't it Bruce Lee that said something like be like water? Yes. Wouldn't, wouldn't that apply here?
0: Very much so. Mm-hmm. Very much so. In fact, here's a principle I can give you today. This is a secret martial arts principle. In dynamic self-defense, when being pushed, pull. When being pulled, push. Hmm. Hmm. Why? If you're 200 pounds and your opponent's 200 pounds, add them together, and that's the force you're applying against your attacker.
2: hmm makes-
1: Yeah. Makes a whole lot of sense. It almost seems too easy, right?
0: <laughs> well, if it was easy, right, yeah, right we'd right. all be black belts pretty quick Right, <laughs> it's, it's kind
2: of counterintuitive <laughs> counter you know it's, uh it's, it's, it's easy to assume.
0: understand, but hard to implement, yeah, especially in our society yeah. today, mm-hmm. especially since we have uh two minute uh attention spans uh mm-hmm. it's It's hard to get people to understand it takes time to learn these principles. And, and learn these techniques and learn this philosophy because the American philosophy is so much different. Might is right. No, it's not. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But you know what? When I can teach a little girl these techniques of dynamic self-defense and they can take a 250-pound, six-foot-six football player, weightlifter on the ground, then there's something of value to learn here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. As long as you don't teach my girls how to how to avoid a butt whooping when they're, when
0: they're <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I understand, believe me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so are there any other uh uh effective alternatives to fighting? I know we I know we kinda generally covered some of those. are, are there anything in specific? Let me give you an example. Um everybody can fight per se. You know, when they're confronted, they either start, you know, wildly wailing around or, or, or typically people try to grab each other. Um, for those who are listening who, who maybe don't have any martial arts experience, is there, are, there, are there some simple things like, uh, you know, something you just said about the push and the pull, are there any other kind of effective uh, things they can do um, against somebody who, who just keeps pushing on them or, or attacking them or anything like that?
0: Absolutely, and I'm sure glad you asked that question. Number one, I have three goals of self-defense that can help anybody, and I've been teaching it for over 15 years. It's easy to learn, it's easy to remember, and it's easy to apply, and it's mostly principles. But I also have recently written a book called The Secret Buttons of the Hand. Mm -hmm. It's a book that is uh, uh, now being sold on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And what it is, basically, there are 21 pressure points of a hand that you can utilize against an attacker that grabs you mm-hmm. or touches you. Okay. And one of the other effective alternatives to fighting is,
2: when being attacked,
0: be a hot stove. And I'll be more than happy to expand on any one of those points for you.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the hot stove. What 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 does it mean to be a hot stove? Um, why is it important?
0: Being a hot stove is basically making it hurt every time you're touched or grabbed. <laughs> and the best way to give give to paint a picture is a quick little story. There's a mother and Johnny, her son, and they're both in the kitchen, and the mother's on the stove cooking away, and she realizes Johnny's near the stove, so she turns around and says, Johnny. I want you to be very careful. The the stove is hot, so be careful of the hot stove, be careful of the hot stove, be careful of the hot stove. Mm-hmm. She turns around and does something uh, uh, else across the kitchen, and all of a sudden she hears a loud yell, and it's Johnny. What do you think happened?
2: Oh, yeah, he touched
0: it. Johnny touched the hot stove. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a question. Who gave the best lesson to Johnny, mom, who said, don't touch the hot stove until she's blue in the face, or the stove. It only took one, only one thing from the stove to teach Johnny a valuable lesson that he'll probably have the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're dealing with an attacker, you don't have to punch their lights out. All you have to do is be a hot stove, and that is to make the attacker feel pain every time they touch you or grab you. And they can do it time and time again, but how long will it take before they say, the heck with this, this ain't worth it.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: how do you be a hot stove is really the follow-up question, right?
2: Right. Right. Right.
0: Pressure points. That's the biggie. Pressure points. There are literally thousands of pressure points all over your body. And I've identified 21 secret pressure points just on the hand alone. Okay.
2: But they're everywhere. So if you know the pressure points, you don't have to be strong.
0: That's right. Mm -hmm. And it takes just a little bit of training on the pressure points. And, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that say, pressure points, ah, that's a bunch of hogwash. Well, let's see. Ever watch Mr. Spock on Star Trek? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: did he ever have to duke it out like uh, uh, Captain Kirk and and uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Scott and all those other people they had to duke it out but Spock he pressed a few buttons on their neck and their back and they dropped like a box of rocks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well the truth is the buttons he pushed were science fiction but the truth is Pressure point fighting is science fact, not science fiction. And the reason why is because thousands of years ago, the Chinese studied the human body, and they discovered that you have 14 meridians in your body. I call them rivers of energy. Mm -hmm. Okay? Rivers of energy. These meridians are named after the internal organs they're associated with. So, like in your arm, you have five of these meridians. And uh, a meridian might be named the heart meridian or the lung meridian or the gallbladder meridian. Okay? Mm -hmm. Along these meridians, you have pressure points. And these are the points that can either be used for medicinal purposes to alleviate pain, to alleviate suffering of a condition. Or they can inflict pain and disrupt the energy flow through that meridian. Mm -hmm. When you disrupt the flow, it takes about 72 hours for the body to naturally clear that energy block and return the flow to normal. Or with certain um, massaging and resuscitation techniques, you can uh, reestablish the flow of energy pretty fast. But here's the kicker. If you know your meridians and your pressure points very well, if you manipulate three of these pressure points in a certain sequence along the same meridian, it's like knocking somebody out. You will produce unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. I kid you not. Now, a person that is knocked out with these pressure points will come back in a few minutes with a 99.9% chance of revival. But here's where the kicker is. When you start to manipulate or strike four pressure points along the same meridian in a certain sequence, not only will you produce unconsciousness, but it will lead to death if resuscitation isn't applied immediately. And even at that, there's only a 90% 90 chance of revival. Mm -hmm. So 10% people die. And here's the final one. If you manipulate five pressure points in a certain sequence on the same meridian, it's a fatal knockout blow. And there's no resuscitation that you can do to bring a person back.
2: I believe you, Dutch. I had a Taekwondo teacher. He told me to punch him one time, and uh, I reared back, you know, like I'm throwing a baseball. And when I yes. did, he punched me right in the shoulder. And he you know, hit one, didn't he? he? Oh yeah, it made my whole arm hurt, man. Yes. And there's a nerve that's exposed only when you rear back. And, uh, yes. He got a knuckle in up under there on it, and uh, I thought I thought my arm was gonna fall off, man.
0: There you go. And that th- 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 some of these pressure points have immediate results like that. Um, a lot, uh, when people say, well, oh, I don't believe there are any pressure points like that, but don't touch me. I said, you have a funny bone? <laughs> you ever hit your funny bone? Mm-hmm. You, th- you think your arm's going to fall off. You hit your funny bone. It ain't funny.
1: It's hmm. only funny to everybody else that watches you dance around like a chicken. <laughs>
0: there you go.
1: <laughs> there you go. So we're talking about... Uh, uh, we've been talking... Uh, uh, about this, and and throughout, we've talked about uh, some myths and some truths. Um, yes, I'm sure in 40 years you've heard it all. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to, uh, especially you know in 40 years, it's a lot of students um, that 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 you've had to uh, you know take questions from and and confront yeah. or or whatever. What are some of the what are some of the big myths that 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 you see and and uh, um, how are they dispelled?
0: Boy, are you opening up uh, Pandora's box, my friend? (laughs)
1: Well, that's okay. The truth (laughs) is, there are five basic
0: myths that I expand on when I talk to groups, Mm. and I'll I'll keep it short. I I promise not to be long-winded. Here's the first one. Myth number one: You should fight back violently without hesitation when defending yourself. That's a myth. Mm -hmm. The only time Uh. you should do that. Is when your life is in danger.
2: Mm-hmm. But if
0: somebody just grabs you, that's dumb. Yeah. Why? Because as soon as you start to fight back violently, now who's the attacker?
1: Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: When the cop's going to show up, they're going to see that. Who's going to go to jail? You see? Here we go again. Yep. So you, sh- you shouldn't have to fight back violently, especially if you have knowledge of dynamic self-defense and pressure points. And jujitsu principles from the Orient. You don't have to be violent. In fact, it will look as if you're just flicking a flea, and down goes your attacker. So what I'm trying to say is you don't have to fight back violently to take the upper hand. It's not a requirement. It's a myth that you have to fight back like that. Myth number two, making a fist in a threatening manner is the best approach. The scaring off an attacker. That's a myth. In fact, self-defense courses that teach you to make a fist in a threatening manner are teaching you to break the law. Oh, my goodness. Karate people are going to go. They're going to have fits right now. And Taekwondo, people are going to have fits right now. But guess what? If you take your hand, open hand, And you close your fingers and thumb and make a fist in a threatening manner, you have just committed
1: a violation
0: of the law called assault. Now, I'm not an attorney, but I'm lucky to be married to one.
1: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) If you make
0: a fist in a threatening manner, it's called assault. If you connect it with your opponent's nose, it's called battery. Battery. Mm -hmm. Assault and battery. Now, you understand. When we do dynamic self-defense, we have our hands open at all times. So we cannot be considered breaking the law, which is assault. Now, in all fairness to karate instructors and taekwondo instructors, I studied taekwondo. I lived in Korea for a while. I also have several black belts in karate. I've been teaching it for decades. But when it comes... To defending yourself, you must understand when you violate the law. I don't teach that way anymore ever since I started studying jiu because that is the ancient art of self-defense. Mm-hmm. Closing your hand in defending yourself can be construed assault against the other person. Sad but true. Mm-hmm. We must be aware of that. Next, myth number three. The most effective self-defense courses are based on karate and taekwondo. No, they're not. No, they're not. But most of the courses that are out there are based on karate and taekwondo. So their PR is much better than mine, apparently. Uh, when people say, oh, that's that's not true, just look at the movies. Well, guess what? I know a for-real um, martial arts master... That has been in the movies He's on TV right now On Mm A&E You got his name?
2: I love
1: that show by the way Yeah, Steven Seagal
0: Steven Seagal, he's the real deal man 7th or 8th degree black belt in Aikido And guess what? Aikido came from Jiu Jitsu It was a branch of Jiu Jitsu called Aki Jitsu And I just happen to have a masters rank in it Hmm. You don't have to make a fist To do Aikido and he does quite well, doesn't he, in defending himself of end, uh, yeah. against a bunch of pretty tough guys.
1: I don't think I've ever seen him punch anybody. He just flips them and throws them. And there you go. And, and it's <laughs> pretty powerful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah.
0: And that is considered a gentle art by, by Japanese standards, by the way.
1: <laughs> well, com- <laughs> so, yeah, Comparing to Kempo or something, I could see that, yeah.
0: There you go. So, again, it is not the most effective self-defense course based on karate or taekwondo. Now, karate and taekwondo are beautiful martial arts. I practice karate every day, but it's not the most effective. Myth number four, next to the last, to be effective, always use the same violent technique of self-defense regardless of the attack. Really? Hmm. The truth is, the attacker dictates what technique you use. If you think, I'll always use this, this defense against someone who attacks me from the front. I'll always use this defense if somebody grabs me. I'll always use this defense if they, somebody grabs me from the side. And I'll always use this defense if somebody grabs me from behind or attacks me from behind. Well, that's kind of wrong, and I'll tell you why. Guess what they're not differentiating? They're not differentiating between a mugger and your aged uncle that likes to sneak up from behind and goose you from behind. <laughs> Would you, you, you could put a mugger in the hospital without losing any sleep, but what about your aged uncle that you ended up put, putting in the hospital because he snuck up behind you as a, as a joke, or you put him in the morgue? How are you going to feel? So again, you must always temper your response, your defenses against the attacker in the situation. You never use the same violent techniques. You need to temper it with wisdom. Last commonly held self-defense myth. Number five, the most effective defense against an attacker is to stand up directly against the attacker. I used to believe in this myth because my self-defense courses were based on karate because mm-hmm. that's what I knew. But you know what? Karate teaches you, here comes a cruise missile. Somebody's throwing a big punch towards your face. So you stand there and you're going to block it and counterattack with a punch or a kick, right? Mm-hmm. What, if your punch, or what if your block... Is too slow. What if it's too fast and you block before the punch comes? Or you block and it's just not strong enough against this punch. All three are going to hit you and hit you hard because your block was ineffective. Isn't it better to get out of the way instead and help redirect by parrying as you get out of the way? Makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And this is what brings me to the three goals of self-defense. First goal of self-defense is to avoid the attack. What does that mean? It just basically means have the attacker attack you where you were, not where you are. They're punching air. Mm -hmm. And with dynamic self-defense, you learn how to quickly move out of the way And parry just in case you need to, because you didn't move out of the way fast enough. And this is a soft movement, not a hard karate block movement. It's just a simple parrying of the arms as you move out of the way. If you don't move out of the way and your defensive blocks don't work, uh, they're going to clean your clock, right? So that's why this goal is so important.
1: Yeah, I've had it happen. Yeah.
0: There you go. Me too.
1: Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I wasn't. A,
0: I wasn't born a master. Trust me. Right. <laughs> I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> second goal of self-defense. After avoiding the attack, you can't avoid the attack forever. Yeah. It's going to be kind of hard to wear out the attacker just by stepping to the side, stepping to the side, stepping to the side. In fact, you might even get tired. So the second goal of self-defense is to control the attacker. In other words, prevent the attacker from attacking again. Mm -hmm. How the heck do you do that? Pressure points. Some of the secret oriental principles that we use. Learning how to be a hot stove. All of these techniques, some of the folding arts, all of these techniques will off-balance and control your opponent for the few seconds that you need for the third goal of self-defense. And the third goal of self-defense is basically one word, escape.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You always look for the window of opportunity to escape. Now, escape doesn't mean you're yellow. You're right. Escape doesn't mean you're a coward. Is it being a tough guy standing in a burning building around you? Right. It's foolish. Well, it's the same way when you are in an altercation. It is foolish to stand there. The best way to deal with force is to run away, and that comes from ancient masters down through the centuries. It yeah. doesn't mean you're a coward. It means you have wisdom.
1: Yeah, I have to say, Master, that's probably the toughest one. That's probably the yes. toughest one for people, you know.
0: Very much. Um, Especially the American mentality. It's not the way we were brought up. In fact, our fathers would take us to the woodshed. If you didn't make the other guy look worse than you, you're going to get a whipping. Yep. I remember that distinctly.
1: Yeah, try escaping from that.
0: (laughs) I understand. But that is why the ancients teach us you never deal force head on. You avoid it. You do not stop force directly. It's easier to redirect it. Mm -hmm. And that second goal of self-defense, control your attacker, if you have applied that properly, you have given yourself a few seconds to do the third goal, and that's to run away. And that's not only for you, gentlemen, and your listeners. That's for me. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. First, you and your listeners. Even if you have knowledge of a little bit of karate or some boxing or some wrestling or some martial arts of different things, what if this guy that attacked you is an experienced street fighter? Mm -hmm. I can't tell you. I wish I had a dollar for every black belt I knew that thought they were so tough they could take on a street fighter when the street fighter cleaned their clock.
2: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's dangerous. And if you have no training, that's foolish. Because if if you knocked them down on the ground, you bought yourself some time to get the heck out of Dodge. If they get up, they're going to be enraged. Staying there is foolish, foolhardy. Now, that's for people that don't have training, that are not a master like me. Now, here I have 45 years. This year's 45th year in martial arts. Nine black belts. I'm one of the few American Trained samurais, by the way I could clean their clock even at my age and I'm approaching 60 but you know what I'll beat you out of Dodge why because if I stand there and I have to clean his clock or he's going to clean mine one of the cops going to show up who's going to get arrested and what am I going to do to tell the judge when he says Mr. Hinkle I see from your record, you've been in martial arts for 45 years, and you have over nine black belts. Hmm. I thought they were supposed to teach you (laughs) self-control. Don't you know
2: that it is
0: not your right to punish people, that it is the right of the police and the courts? Hmm. So they're going to make an example of me and throw me in jail and throw away the key. And please understand, all these decades, I've seen a dozen martial arts black belts go to jail. Not only county jail, but state prison. And I knew one martial artist that went to federal prison for the rest of his life. Mm. Because he couldn't realize he needed to run away when the opportunity prevailed itself
2: master dutch yes sir. You, you mentioned a while ago uh, a term where you said uh, temperance temperance um a lot of what you're talking about to me and and there's a reason why there's not uh you know 3 million um black belts you know running around you know everywhere um uh, that's because it takes it takes time to learn that that temperance that balance
0: very um, much
2: when somebody attacks you you can tell a novice from um, an adept because the novice will be the first one to pull out the big guns.
0: <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what okay. I mean? Yeah. Very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and to follow up a little bit, if you don't mind, sir, sure. uh, to add to what you just said, which has great value. We in this country emphasize the physical way too much. The orientals outside this country, laugh at us because we are so shallow-minded when it comes to martial arts. We've Americanized martial arts to make the physical so much more important, and yet the spiritual and the mental discipline Mm -hmm. that is taught in the Orient seems to be missing in many of our martial arts schools, which is very sad. I don't see too many schools that teach meditation. Self control. Yeah. Self discipline. They'll mouth the words. But remember, you need to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. And we miss that. Unfortunately. Yeah,
1: yeah I can I can attest to that. Um I uh many, many years ago I I, I uh um took a uh Kuksoan uh training uh in the small town that I'm from and it was it was about 60% sitting around learning history learning philosophy learning uh simple meditation and only about 40% physical uh, actually training yes. you know and 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 as a, as a kid i was i was always kind of like man this is this is lame i came here to learn how to i, I came here to learn how to destroy some, somebody exactly. you know and, and i'm learning history and philosophy and i'm learning all this and uh I can tell you though, um once I got past myself, you know once I got over it, it, it there there was great value in it um but but you, you're right, you just don't see that nowadays. People open dojos just to make money, and that's yes, and that's where they go wrong.
0: Yes, can I ask you a question? Sure, what was the dropout rate of the other students around you? Oh, it was you yeah, stuck it was, with it,
1: yeah, it was high,
0: but how many dropped out? Didn't make it as far as you. Uh,
1: Yeah, many of them quit, uh, you know, within the first week, two weeks, you know, especially when they found out, what do you mean I can't play with weapons?
0: There you go. Uh,
1: You know, for like two years. What do you mean I can't swing a wooden stick for two years? And they just drop out, yeah.
0: It's been my experience. The dropout rate from white belt beginner to testing for black belt is 90%. -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those that make black belt, another 90%. And then those that make it to 5th degree or higher, another 90% drop out. Mm -hmm. Wow. So those that are left, boy, did they go through a lot of cuts. Because in our society, we have a problem with self-discipline and with uh, spiritual and character development. Because our society, there's so many distractions, that's part of the problem. But you have to want to be a better person. And every master and grandmaster that I have ever had the privilege of meeting, they are humble. They walk with their head bowed, humble like the dust. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Master Dutch, we have a problem. Yes, go ahead. We have another question in the chat room, and it's a very good question. It um, deals with verbal attacks. Um, you know, most most physical attacks, you know, I, I think the percentage of people getting mugged just, just without any warning is, is probably slim compared to those everyday encounters we have with people at school, work, um, you know, out on the street uh, where where there's a lot of verbal um, attacking going on before the, phys- the physical stuff uh, happens. Um what would be your your advice as a as, as a long time practitioner to 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 avoid the physical um, by beating the verbal?
0: <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, the first time I was asked that, it kind of, it kind of set me back on my heels. Boy, I better have some good answers on that one.
2: <laughs>
0: well, I have two, and believe it or not, one comes from my mother. And uh, huh?
1: I said our mothers are always a great source.
0: Oh, yes, especially mine. And she used to say something, sticks and stones can break my bones, Mm -hmm. but words will never harm me. I know that's a cliche, and I know it sounds very childish, but words are only words. That's number one. Mm -hmm. If you feel that you have to respond, I'm going to give you a little lesson in martial arts to answer that question, if you don't mind. Please. Mm-hmm. In your mind, hold your arm out. Outstretch it with your hand, your palm towards your opponent, your imaginary opponent. And imagine that you have an opponent on the other side doing the same thing and you're pushing against each other's hand. Okay? Now you weigh 150 pounds, let's say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your opponent's a 90-pound pencil-neck geek that has no power whatsoever. This is force against force. Who's going to win? Yeah, not him. The greater force, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's the principle of karate, believe it or not. The greater force is going to win when it's karate. Now, change your opponent in your mind's eye. To a 250-pound, six-foot-six, athletic jock who lifts weights, your, your your muscle and and your weight hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Force against force, who's going to win? They are. Yep. Yeah. That's karate again.
2: Now let's
0: use what I call verbal aikido. If you talk in a way in which it isn't abrasive, and but head with your opponent who is verbally dressing you up and down, learning how to respond, but in the way of Aikido, meaning pull when pushed, pushed when pulled, you can redirect their force by learning the techniques of verbal Aikido. And there's some good books out on the market. I wish I had a list for you. I apologize, I don't. No, that's
1: fine.
0: but there are books out there that will help on verbal self-defense today that weren't there 20 years ago. Yeah. I highly recommend you find something like that. And that is a very good question because it can be abrasive, especially if people talk about our mother. Boy, that's a hot button. You yeah. can get a lot of people yeah. into started into a fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: We had we had a member to actually post the link in the forum earlier when we were talking about this. Um, he recommended Verbal Judo by Dr. George at verbaljudo.com. I that? would check
0: it out. Get, okay. Definitely. In fact, I'm going to check it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that I can refer it if it's a good reference, I'll refer it absolutely because that is a problem in our society, especially with. Some of the music heads out there that <laughs> is very abusive towards women, other races, very intolerant. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank that listener who contributed. I'm definitely going to check it out. I appreciate it.
1: We uh... is there a I wanted to, to to give you an opportunity, uh, Master Dutch, to talk about your book. We haven't talked about it uh, uh, um, in any kind of detail. Is there anything is there anything that you wanted to mention to our listeners tonight uh, about that book in specific? I know we've talked a lot about um, some of the things that went into the book. Is there anything uh, specific that 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 they might reach out and grab them?
0: I would love to talk about my book. <laughs> it's my baby. I'll be honest you with go. you. This is the second book that I have actually written. i had been asked to write books for years, and I finally sat down, but this is the one I am so very proud of. This book is called Secret Buttons of the Hand. Buttons is plural, and the uh, subtitle is 21 Attack Stopping Pressure Points of the Hand. Now, this book can be, if you don't mind, I'd like to tell where they can get it, And then I'll explain more about it. And that is, it's listed on Amazon.com under that title, Secret Buttons of the Hand. And it's also listed on BarnesandNoble.com. But tonight, I can tell you that you can download that book for half the price as an electronic book, an e-book, for less than half the price of a printed book. And that is located on a website called ebookomatic.com. That's E-B-O-O-K-O-M-A-T-I-C.com. And what's neat about this website, I have put a book excerpt out there as a free download. So not only can you download part of the book, but you can download the complete first lesson. By going to this website. How about cool. that for a deal for your show there, gentlemen?
2: That's very good, man. Very <laughs> okay.
0: I always try to give something away for free so they know that, uh, hey, I'm just not old dollars and cents here. I really have a passion for helping others. In fact, the the I have to tell you a secret. I've been in martial arts for 45 years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Almost 40 years I gave it away for free. Wow. I didn't form my com- company, Whispers of Bushido, until recently. Okay. The book is how to give yourself an unfair advantage against any attacker using the secret knowledge of the Orient. To put it simply, it's fighting without fighting. And isn't that the underlining principle that we've been talking almost the entire time so far? Yes, it is. It's fighting without fighting. In this book, I target and explain in detail the exact location of each pressure point, the effective application of each pressure point. How do you do it? And then the immediate follow-up technique that I suggest that you do to control your opponent, which is self-defense goal number two, right? Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: Now, in this book... These are the very same pressure points used by practitioners of acupuncture and acupressure. They present knowledge that's categorized as advanced training. In Japanese, it's called okudan. Why is that important? Because okudan knowledge was only reserved for martial arts masters. Now, I consider a master fifth degree and above, and it was never to be released to the public, so by writing this book and releasing it to the public I violated, violated some protocol here mm-hmm. but my master has passed on to the next world, so he'll, he'll give me a tongue-lashing when I get on the other side, I guess <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that gives
0: you some idea, remember there are 21 points on the hand 21 mm-hmm. and some of them are devastating but in that uh, book excerpt, you have one of the easiest ones to apply. It's called yuchi. But tonight, if you'd like, I can pass on one to you tonight while we're talking with uh, together tonight, if you'd like. Very
2: cool. Yeah.
0: This is called hoku by the Chinese. If you were to take your hand and open it up wide, with your palm away from you, you'll notice that you have a forefinger and a thumb. Mm -hmm. Where the two come together inside your hand is the joint, the metacarpal joint for the thumb and the forefinger. Mm -hmm. The meat right there is the web of your thumb and forefinger. If you press deep into that web to where your thumb touches the joint of your finger and thumb, now press down hard, 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 mm. and move it around a little bit, you'll find it.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: How <laughs> about that? Yep. And that is... Secret button number six, located on page 36. okay. Have you ever been at a party in which... Here comes the... Um, weightlifter or the uh, football uh, uh, leader or quarterback, and you reach out and you want to shake his hand. So he grabs your hand, and instead of giving you a friendly, firm handshake, it feels like he just went crunch, crunch on your hand. Does that ever happen to anybody?
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it happened to me
0: once when I was a much younger man. It happened to me, I was a black belt in judo. And I didn't know what to do. And it hurt like the devil. <laughs> when I got in jiu-jitsu, I made a special attempt to learn, what do I do when someone does that? Well, in my book, I show you how to escape from a handshake. It's called a handshake release. And that's secret button number 12. <laughs> and last but not least... I do a little bit more than most people when it comes to pressure points. And by the way, my book is really different than any pressure point book that I've ever seen on the market. And I check the Internet and I check a bookstore every time I go in to see if there's anybody that has pressure point books in the marketplace that are even close to what I have. My book is designed for the public, and it can help enhance martial artists in their Uh, respective martial arts that they're studying. Mm -hmm. But I go one more step, and that is I take your pressure point knowledge and put it on steroids. Now, I'm not talking about the drug, of course, but I pump up the volume, as somebody said uh, on TV. I teach you exercises in the book which will make your finger grip and hand grip and forearm grip, devastating, makes you much more powerful uh, when you apply pressure points as if a blowtorch was turned toward your opponent. Mm -hmm. Does that describe the book pretty good?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Remember, this
0: secret knowledge, 99% of all the people in martial arts do not know pressure point knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because it isn't in their promotional guidelines. Only fifth degree and above in the Japanese arts teach that.
1: Well, let's hope they're listening and, and, and buy your book tonight, because then then they'll know.
0: Oh yes, I love that <laughs> very much.
1: Then the next time we have Yon, you can only say that only two percent people don't know because that's the only <laughs> people. Yeah, I uh, see.
0: This <laughs> program could force me to change that statistic. You're <laughs> right.
1: We <laughs> we love to help you do that that's for sure.
0: Oh, that would be great, and I'd love to come back and talk again. Uh,
1: I had one other one other question. Uh, when yes, I was sir. going through going through all your stuff, Master Dutch, I, I noticed you do other things. You have a a company. Do you do you sell um, or do you have uh, videos and, and things available for the general public, or, or do you generally reserve those for firms or or um, like? No, no. Or...
0: Everything that we have is available. Unfortunately, I've just started. Uh, oh, okay. mm-hmm. Within the last year or two, we started Whispers of Bushido, okay. which is uh, you can you can reach us and myself uh, on the email, which is whispers of bushido, which is no space at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a lot of talking to groups. I do seminars and I do special classes. Okay. I do have another book, which you can see on ebookomatic.com, which is the. Ancient Art of Japanese Stick Fighting, which was my first book. I've got a video, a DVD, because I also have experience as a videographer. Uh, I have a DVD on the Japanese Stick Fighting. We haven't quite formalized a DVD for a follow-up for the book on Secret Buttons of the Hand quite yet. But uh, when you download that book excerpt, and I really encourage people to download that free download on eBook-O-Matic, You'll notice on one of the last pages, I have about 12 books that I'm actually working on um, in different areas. Because this information on dynamic self-defense can be used with a walking cane, with a walker, with you sitting in a chair or a wheelchair. You can apply these techniques. Mm-hmm. I teach Uh, the most dangerous stick in the world, and it's legal. It's only six inches long, four to six inches long, that you hold in a closed hand. Mm -hmm. And it's devastating because it utilizes what? Pressure points. Mm -hmm. And that's just to name a few of the books that I have. But like I said, I I haven't been around five, ten years as far as commercial entity because I spent most of my life giving this information away across the country.
2: Well, we will definitely um, keep our eyes open for your for your business to become a .dot com there.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, and I do have a website. I apologize. My wife's going to kill me if I don't tell you, and that oh, no. is secretbuttonsofthehand.com. .dot com. Okay. And it uh, shows a little bit about, about my background, but it also talks about the book.
2: Okay. Uh, we have placed all the links that you've mentioned in the chat room tonight. Oh, thank you. So that everybody can check those out. Um, we appreciate you coming out, man. You are a spectacular guest, man. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> well, <clears throat> I, I,
0: I hope I dazzled you enough that you could consider me as an expert, that I would love to come back any time uh, to, to uh, expand on any point or the news of the day. I don't mind at all. Okay. In fact, I'd really be honored.
2: Love to have you. Uh, do you have any uh, take-home closing statements? Yes. Okay.
0: One word, and this is a uh, – actually, two quotations I'd like to give you. Number one, uh, Sun Tzu. He is was an ancient Chinese general and strategist. He was the author of the book of The Art of War. And he's been quoted as the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. Now, doesn't that sound like fighting without fighting? Right, right. And the last thing, knowledge, you keep hearing it all the time. All through my life I did, knowledge is power? No. Knowledge is power only when it's turned on. Hopefully I turned on a lot of power for our listeners tonight, concerning there are alternatives to fighting back. Fighting doesn't work. It only gets you into trouble, but there are alternatives. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Anytime. It's a pleasure, gentlemen.
1: Same
2: here.